shooters killing left and right. Working through your worst night. If I get my money right, you know I won't need you. Can I tell you? I hope the sack is full up. I'm fucking no, I'm fucked up. Spend it when I get that. I ain't trying to keep you. Can't keep up a conversation. Can't nobody read you. Why your eyes well up? Did you call me from a seance? You were from my past life. Hope you're doing well, bro. I've been out here head first. Always like the head first. Signal coming in and out. Hope you're doing well, bro. Everybody needs you. What it is, what it do, what's popping? It's your boy Marquise Q7 in the building. What's good with you? It's your boy Ray Rashawn. People of God is the one rapping in McLean. And it's your boy Easy E on the back end. What's good? What's good? What's good? We are back with another rendition, another episode, another dance of the way they podcast. Not in 2020. We are in a new year, 2021. First podcast of the new year, fellas. <sighs> Cheers to fresh starts. <laughs> no, was, yeah. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. I didn't think we was gonna make it this far. <laughs> 2020 was like a real ugly for everybody. You said Cap, Sean? Definitely Cap. Right. I mean, it's been a rough year so far. I mean, we done came a long way since, what, March? And we're already in, like, January. We're only three months from really celebrating our anniversary of the, of the podcast. And, sheesh. Fact. Hey, anniversary is going to go up. That's all I can say right now. True. What y'all boys been on? What did y'all boys let go in 2020? Like, how y'all 2020 um was, like, at a, like a grand scheme? Like, if you look at the year from January to January, obviously, like, how was y'all 2020 if you had to sum it up? Not going to lie. I honestly feel my 2020 was pretty productive. I mean, I don't know. I mean, even though it was like Corona going on, everybody was quarantined. I mean, I like being at the house, so I was just really just vibing. I mean, I graduated this year, so it's been pretty productive for me. Watch your boys. I mean, I say it's pretty much the same for me, too. I mean, I felt like I learned a lot more lessons in 2020. Uh, I don't try to look at um, 2020 as being like, you know, like something that was like completely negative. Like, we did get like a lot of good news. We lost a lot of people as well, but. You know, I feel like in everything that, you know, in life in general, like you have to learn lessons. And I feel like 2020 was mainly a year less if I had to sum it up just for myself. But um, like Sean said, graduated, um, residing in um, North Carolina. You don't even know the exact city, but just know I'm, I'm out here. I'm out here. Um, <laughs> just, uh, you know, vibing with the guys, you know, better relationships and, you know, just just really cooling. I feel like 2021 is going to be my year to like really set in stone what I really want to do. And 2022 is going to be the year where like, I'm going to step on people's heads. So Sheesh. that's how I'm looking at it. Head buster. Uh-oh. Fall out the head. <laughs> I say for me, if I had to um, kind of hold it down, I'll, I'll just put in one word. I say focus. Um, I feel like I was able to realize uh, what's important to me, what are my goals, um, who's important to me, and who do I need to let go of. Um, I feel like just in this time alone in quarantine, you know, hanging out with you guys and stuff like that. I was able to see what's really for me and what's not. And so I think going into this year, 2021, I'm laying down a foundation and the goal is to build on it, like just going forward. So I'm focused and laying a foundation if you had to, you know, make it small. Solid, solid. One, pass yeah, the I think for me, since, well, one of the things y'all exposed me on the last podcast for not cooking. So that's what my first goal is start cooking a little more this year. Other than that, <laughs> just trying to be, I don't know. Just find peace, you know, like we always be going so quick with our life, like just doing stuff, like just do stuff for you, you know. So that's what I'm trying to do now, like just do stuff that make me happy, low key. Because we getting old, like we're definitely getting old. I feel like the joys and like little things, like paying a bill on time, like making sure you wake up right in the morning to go to work, like this is little stuff now, like excited me. Like I don't know if it's y'all boys, but I feel like peace is kind of like what you make out of it. I don't think there's, like, no written down rule. Like, this is what peace is. I feel like peace is whatever you like. Exactly. Yeah, you want to make it out of. Um, What's some what's some of the biggest lessons y'all learned out of 2020? I had mine, but, like, what was, like, the biggest lesson that you learned out of 2020? Like, it doesn't have to be, like, anything personal. It can be something that you notice yourself. But, like, what was, like, one of the biggest lessons you learned or took away out of the whole year? I think for me, 2020, I think, like, it's the saying, shit can get worse. <laughs> it can definitely get worse. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely did get worse. Well, I swear, 2020 was compete with itself. It was to be like one tragedy on top of another, on top of another. Like, I don't know. I feel like for me, you know, having Kobe die in the front end, that was. I was about to say, didn't Kobe start off the year? Kobe started like, off. And then we had chat with Bozeman, like, months that took, after that. That took that me like, out. That was like the halfway point. Like, Nick right. was tired. We was like, oh my. But that was in August, wasn't it? <laughs> it was like Black Panther. What is going on? Like, so yeah, shit can definitely get worse. So that's why you don't ask for it. <laughs> I would say uh, 
a big lesson I learned is that regardless of what's going on outside, like you still can be focused like yourself. Like, as you think about it, like once like Corona really came, that's really when waited eight kind of was birth low key. Like, even though it was already like, we already had started it, but you know what I'm saying? We really went hard over quarantine. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though it was like a bad situation, you can kind of make light of any situation. That's a, a lesson I learned from it. That's real. I think for me, if I had to say, um, I think that no matter how you lay the cards out, like what you do in your life, I feel like you'll always be the bad guy in someone's story. Like, you know how people have like different narratives, like how they view you and stuff like that. And you know, like most generally you want to like be noticed as a good person. But mm-hmm. I feel like in a lot of senses, like you can, you cannot do nothing to the person at all that you're interacting with. They just might see you as just a bad person, like just a bad, you know, influence or whatever. So I say all that to kind of say that you really shouldn't allow people's opinions to like really affect who you know you are. Like people can say like you're this, you're that, or like, you know, you don't, I guess, lead up to their, well, like expectations. Yeah. Lead up to their expectations. But at the end of the day, like you really have to understand yourself and like really like, you know, know like your values and stuff like that. And I only say that because, you know, like you can allow people's opinions can like weigh you down to the fact where like you honestly believe everything that they're saying that you, that you are to them. Mm-hmm. So I just say, you know, um, the biggest lesson I learned is that, you know, everybody, you can be the bad guy in everybody's story and you really just have to like hone in on like what you know you're capable of. And like, you know, you, I mean, everybody makes mistakes and stuff like that. And it's really up to the person if they want to forgive you for those mistakes or if they just want to move on from it. But yeah, you're, you're a bad guy in everybody's story and that's okay. Honestly, at the end of the day, cause it's only your story that matters. Right? I'm not saying it's only my story that matters, but I'm not going to let someone else's story of me, depict who i am okay you know what i'm saying okay i, I would definitely say i'm definitely the bad guy too I, i'm pretty sure some people out there that would probably say that but it's just something you just got to be like i mean oh well you know what i'm saying it's it's situations that have that that really affect everything it's not just like black and white like people make it seem like so many other things that go into it juan what's, what's the biggest lesson you learned in 2020 if you had to say i'm trying to i'm trying to sit here and think I was trying to meditate on it. I, I feel like we don't learn a lot, but I feel like one don't take it for granted. The seeing everybody leave out of here, that I don't know, you like you know you can die young and stuff. It's just like seeing so much death. It's like dang, like just live because you never know really. That was one of my biggest things. And then for me, this is my first time like experiencing. You know, like everybody for you. You know, you got your family and everything for you, but. This is my first time experiencing a little bit of pushback from people in my corner, like when I wanted to move. That was my first time kind of experiencing that. So I had to learn to kind of just do something for you and not necessarily do something for everybody else. And then they'll follow if they like if they really in your corner, they'll follow you. So that was my one of my biggest things, I feel like. Was just doing something for me, just stepping out on faith. Even though I didn't have all the answers to all the questions either. It's like this is what I want to do, so I need to do it. So um, with that being said, like, is there like one thing that you're looking forward to? Like, you you talk about making happiness your priority. Um, so like, what's the one thing that you're trying to do? You know, that kind of get you going as far as taking those steps. Like, is there a trip or is there something you want to do? Yeah, I think for me, financially stable, being financially stable would be like, I mm-hmm. guess the first thing. I feel like with that, I can do a lot more of stuff, like travel and stuff like that. I want to travel more, just have consistent amount of money in my account. And also, I kind of want to get back closer to God because I feel like we, I think I heard somebody say there's a different a difference between being like, um, I think having a relationship with God compared to being religious. And I mm-hmm. think I, I fell into that this past year, like not going to church at all. I ain't been reading the Bible at home, but I ain't doing none of that stuff. But I'll be listening to God for music and I'll be praying and stuff. So it's like, oh, I think I'm religious now. Like, I feel like I feel out. Like, I don't think I talk to God like I should. So that's why one of my biggest things is trying to get closer to God for real and then obviously like financially be free. What about you? I felt that financially free burden, you know what I'm saying? I've been fighting with that bitch for a long time. But um I guess as far as happiness, like I'm definitely with you on the financial point. But um I feel like it's just a growing thing I've been dealing with, but just being content by myself. Um, you know, I love, you know, being around you guys or being around my family, but, you know, I'm getting to a point of age where, you know, I'm going to have to struggle on my own sometimes. I'm going to have to, like, you know, just going to pass the time by myself. So, you know, just being content with yourself, being content with your time is something I'm definitely um, trying to take heat of. And I feel like it's just going to lead to more happiness. Um, there's been times where I found out a little bit more about myself than I didn't um, expect beforehand. So um, that's one thing that I'm looking forward to in this year. 
That kind of well, I think you kind of answered my question here because I was gonna ask y'all boys like, what were y'all resolutions for 2021? And you said, I guess you know, really honing in on yourself or like really you know trying to understand, I guess what you want to do internally. Um, mm-hmm. that kind of leads into what I want to do too. Um, I want to have more peaceful and like meaningful time by myself. Um, I feel like in a college environment, we're always like invited to this. We're always like hearing about this. So I feel like in college, they kind of. I'm not even going to say they do it purposefully, but like they kind of instill in you that you always have to be doing something with somebody or you're missing out. And I met some people, you know, between, you know, college and now to where like they can just like have a good time by themselves. Like they don't have to have like be in the crowd, like, you know, be around anybody. Like people like when people talk about self-care, a lot of times they just do stuff by themselves. Like they'll go take themselves on a day, go see a movie, they'll go watch dinner. I wanted to go watch a movie and go eat dinner. And I always thought that was so weird. Like, bro, I'm not about to be going and doing no shit by myself. That's lame as hell. Like, I'm not about to be that guy that I like, just eat by himself. But I feel like people that have the ability to do that and honestly have a good time are people that really, they're close to knowing, like, inner peace. They're close to knowing true peace because, mm-hmm. I mean, being, uh, I think I'm an extrovert. Being an extrovert, I kind of, like, get energy from, like, being around other people. So I'm really trying to, like, kind of steer away from that. Because, like Eric said, like, you're, all, you're not always going to, like, be around other people. So, like, when those moments when you're, like, by yourself and you're by, like, you're, on, you're, on, you're lonely, you really need to, like, be productive during those times that I really have a good, meaningful, peaceful time with yourself. Like, you're, like the only time you have a good time is when you're at the party. Then I feel like that's that's the problem. Yeah. Like, you should, you should be able to have a good time by yourself and not be around people. And that's honestly what I'm trying to work on in 2021. Well, Q, to piggyback off that, the reason why I feel like a lot of people like feel like they have to be around people so much is because they really don't, they're really not happy with themselves, or they really don't know who they are. So they really just be, try to be around this group or that group because they feel like that's what they're supposed to be acting like, or that's what they feel like they align with. So whatever the group do, they do. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then, like, being naturally homebodies, like, I mean, even just being at the crib, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know when we was, like, when we had Heartbreak Hotel, you know, up and running, a lot of times we have people over and I mean, it'll be good times, you know, then and whatnot, but I still feel like, you know, I feel like I should be able to be at the crib where have nobody there and just like enjoy my piece of company. And I just honestly haven't got to that point yet where, but I like Eric said, I like hanging out with y'all, but like, I'm not saying like the people I'm hanging out with, like, nah, fuck y'all. I'm not saying that. <laughs> it's just a matter of like, this is like a personal journey that I'm trying to take. You know what I'm saying? So that's just me. Sean, what's, 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 no, I was going to ask you, um, what's your resolutions for um, 2021? Uh, to be to be honest, bro, I really don't. Uh, I really don't do the like the the New Year's resolutions type thing. Like even even when I used to do them in the past, I used to only pick like two or three. Like, I didn't really, you know what I'm saying? I didn't really uh pick like a whole bunch of them or nothing. Because to me, I only want to just progress. Like if I'm in the same position I was at last year, then that's just a problem. I just want to progress every year. So I, of course, it's like you got to have like baby steps to get to that. Of course. Like, I want to get back in the gym. Um, there's some other things, like, I want to start doing. But mm. for, like, specifically, like, resolution, like, do I have, like, a specific, like, three things I'm trying to do? No. I'm just trying to progress. That's all. So you're so you're basically saying you're satisfied with, like, as long as you're taking steps. They don't have to be any big steps, but just moving forward is what you're focused on. Right. Because I feel like every time in the past when I used to, like, choose a New Year's resolution or, or pick some, like, I'm going to keep it a stack with y'all. I never did it. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, why keep continue to lie or a lot of other people or like put my resolutions on the board or some junk? And if I know I'm not gonna do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I never understood either. Like, why people wait until the new year to start working on what you need to work on? Like, during like the other 364 days out of the year, you wasn't trying to improve yourself or do nothing else that you were trying to do. I mean, they probably want to set on the you know new year, new tone, new me type thing. So I, I would imagine that would be why. Like, okay, this is my time to start. I can cheat all the way up until December 31st. January 1st is new me. Well, that's wrong. That's completely wrong. Hey, definitely cap. But now, um, kind of recapping how our year went as a way to eight. Um, we we honestly done a lot, and we didn't talk about you know the toy drive on the podcast yet since this is the first one of the new year. But the toy drive, um, I feel like it was a pretty big success. Success in the in the fact that we raised so much money, we had so much awareness that people knew about it. But it probably could have went better as far as the turnout. But then the twenty fourth was rained out, you know, yeah. un- like uncontrollable like conditions or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then the twenty sixth, um, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like we had a good turnout when it came as far as like receiving donations, which was like over eight hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah. And then we donated over a hundred toys to like some 
uh, the Children's Hospital and even gave out some at our second location. So um, I think it was overall good success, but um, I mean, I can't just like look at it like being like the perfect thing. Like we got it right the first time. There's definitely some steps to, um, you know, this, there's definitely some lessons learned from that. And that kind of goes back to my theme about the lesson I took from 2020. Like that was probably one of the big lessons, like actually like running and maintaining like a function like that. Now I know for next year or even for the school drive, how to go about it. What y'all boys think? What was the question? Like, how do you feel about the toy drive? Like, what would you like to make take away from the toy drive? I was very impressed. Um, impressed is like a world, that's real formal, but I was just really, I guess, ecstatic with the amount of attention that we got. You know, mm-hmm. we got our homeboy, homegirls. Um, you know, we even had a, a sponsor donate to us, you know what exactly. I'm saying? Like, and we just some guys from the city, you know, just trying to do something to make the kids smile for the holidays. And mm-hmm. for us to kind of be seen on the level where it's like, okay, we believe in you. Now let us endorse you. Mm-hmm. That was that was big for me. A lot of people bought into it. Absolutely. Like, Sean, you was going at us. What was it? Um, he was in Magnolia Mall. He was all across Florence, really. And to see how the people, how excited people were, like, I saw people putting up promos, like, donate toys here, get X percent bro, off. Sean was us. definitely out in the field, bro. Sean was doing his due diligence. <laughs> no cap. Hey, no. come on now. Fuck me. Hey, you brought Heem to the city too, and I think, man, that, Heem, bro, that just said it all. I fuck with that, <laughs> bro. Had to get my brother definitely was working real quick. every day. I got somebody else, y'all. I got another location. I'm like, dang, he was working, bro. It was at one point. I think I was on my way to Florence. Like, I think I was coming to Florence the day after Sean was already in Florence. He's like, yeah, bro. So I just got this another location. These boys want to come set me up a little box. So I think I'm about to head out there real quick. I was like, oh shit, hey, Sean, how many boxes you got? You got a box for everybody, bro. It was at one point the people that was on the list, bro. They weren't even. The people that we had on the drop-off bus were all the people we had, like, that had locations at their, like, stop spots. Man. So, that just goes to show, like, I feel like Sean, like, Sean was, like, a really big initiator as far as, like, getting this thing off the ground. No, definitely, Sean. Like, all credit to you. <laughs> for real. Bro, what was some of your biggest takeaways from the tour drive, bro? Like, what would you, like, learn from it? Like, what do you, like, feel like will be, I guess, um, I'm not going to try to give out too much free lunch, but, like, what are your thoughts about the tour drive, past and present and future? Uh, I I thought it was successful. Um, I would say for anybody that's out there that's that feel like they gotta have everything figured out if they want to start something, you know, you know, people just want to start stuff. Just right. go ahead and do it, bro. Cause we literally just did it with the toy drive. Like <laughs> we literally started. Like we talked about it. I think a week before December first or something like that. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. Like bro, Thanksgiving, we, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like we literally just like it just came to our our head. The idea came and we just like, but let's just do it. So I feel like it was successful because we this was the first year doing it. We didn't really know how to do it. We've been out of the city for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we graduated 2015. You graduated 2016. Like we we've been out of the city for a minute. So and even to the point where a lot of the people that we knew in the city when we were in the city don't even live in the city no more. That so was like, that was like me, son. Yeah, like, that was like a big thing because it was just like, dang, like the reach that we have, a lot of people not still here, and then the people that still here, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I definitely felt it was successful, but to be honest, I really felt like it was our first impression to a lot of other people, to people that probably don't know where to the eight. This was probably like our first impression. So next year is definitely gonna go up. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And then just riding off of, um. Visual, like as far as like just people there, like you know, Corona. I feel like it's just been a big hindrance. But yeah. despite all that, we've really been able to make our strides. But I'm just imagining like South Florence. You know, say that's the stopping grounds right there. That jump was gonna go up. Like the amount of people that are gonna be there. Like, mm. and we weren't just having those visions for no reason. Like you know, our little party. What was it? The um, the cookout. The, the cookout yeah. Jump went crazy. So it was like, I why wouldn't people show Bro, up? People like, are why still we... asking us when we're gonna have another cookout. Like I really don't know. Like stop. It's, it's like, hard times right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's coming though. The next one. Man, just make sure you beat that. That's all I can say. Sheesh. Hmm. Well, I guess let's talk about more recent news. Um. Uh. Well, first acknowledge that it is Martin Luther Martin Luther King Jr.'s um birthday today. Um. He's a good brother. Um. Alpha Phi I. Um. Shout out to Juan. <laughs> um. But in regards to acknowledging, you know, today's day, uh, we also had some stuff happen. You know, last Thursday. I'm not gonna call him out, but. How I was, how I was told that they were identified as this group of people. Now we all know who this group of people is, but like I said, I'm not gonna get into politics. Right. But we had, I a, will. A, <laughs> we had a group of people try to storm the Capitol, I guess, in protest of. Try? <laughs> I'm about to say they succeeded. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, let's let's touch on that. Like, you know, like, what, what what happened, Eric? You the you the CNN guy, you're the political guy. What happened? Let's get into it. Um, I, all right. Let me just tell you, I was at work. You know, I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking calls. <laughs> I'm taking calls, and then I see somebody says, "Turn on the news." I say, "Which one?" They say, "Anyone." Next thing I know, capitals like glasses broken, like they're police in front, and it's just a whole bunch of white people yelling. And then I see Trump, and I was like, okay, this makes sense. <laughs> and then as and then things are starting to progress. So essentially, what's going on is that um, people feel like the voting was fraudulent. They feel like the election entirely was fraudulent. Don't know how they think that, but you know, you're entitled to your opinion. So whatever, they're trying to um, protest the or protest the validation of the electoral college votes. And so they were going in trying to stop that, saying the election wasn't fair or whatever. So next thing you know, they get in the Capitol and they get in deep. They breaking stuff, stealing stuff, smoking in there. Like, they're doing all the things you're not supposed to do on government grounds. Right. And, uh, yeah, basically went full. They're being identified as terrorists by the FBI. Domestic terrorists. Domestic terrorists. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a bad look. And I'm sitting over here, and I'm not even really surprised or stunned, because I'm like... You're not surprised? Not really, because it's like, this is... This is a Trump nation. This is like they're known for doing outlandish stuff. Right. I'm just surprised it took them this long to do it, to be honest. Really? So Bruh, honestly, like we we at a point right now where the government can't just lie to us no more, bro. <laughs> like right. we're not we're not stupid, bro. Like that that don't even make sense. Like how was they able to like how was they able to do that? For real, for real. How did you like how did they get in so deep? Like and why was there not enough security there? Bro, there was no national guard. There, bro, like, like what was going on? Like when we, when they had the Black Lives Matter uh protest there a few months ago, they was out there like they was, I don't even know. It was out there like they was Navy SEALs or something. No cap, <laughs> bro. But like you said earlier, like how were they able to get into the Capitol that easily? That makes me think like, bro, like a lot of people think it was an inside job. Like a lot of Trump supporters were actually like the people that were supposed to be guarding the um Capitol. They definitely had some Trump ties. They definitely did. They was taking pictures with them. They was definitely taking, they was taking pictures with the cops, bro. We, we caught you on camera. And my thing, you know, and then it just plays back into, you know, tie back into Martin Luther King. You know, that wasn't that long ago. Obviously. You know what I'm saying? When civil rights, that whole thing happened that everybody just forgets about now. And then when I say they, I mean, like, the Trump, the white people, like, people that don't see a problem being racist. Blue lives matter. Blatantly racist. <laughs> And it's just like uh, that was in the common thing we're seeing is that if that was a Black Lives Matter movement protest or even a sit-in or a march, bullets would have been sprayed, bodies would have been yeah. down. Not the same. You know, casualties are bad anyway, but like, what you say? What were we saying this whole time? You got to play it fair on both sides. Got to play it fair on both sides. Fair. And it's not being played on both both sides from what we're seeing. Juan, how you feel about this whole um about the people going into the Capitol? I know you've been doing your protesting on Twitter, arguing with you know them. That joke was funny. Simply. <laughs> Simply foolishness. It don't make no sense for the capital, the capital building. We're not talking about the state house in your random state. Right. We're talking about the capital building of the United States, and they just walked in, <laughs> walked in there like it was a sale on Burlington Co. Factory on Saturday. Like how they just got in there so quickly and breaking windows and tearing stuff up, and they just the police were there taking pictures and all. I was like, what's going on? And the FBI moving kind of slow too. I know they're kind of doing something on the back end, but like they didn't have no intelligence, no thinking that this was coming. Like nobody but, saw this coming. But when Black Lives Matter happened, they, they was literally begging people take pictures down off Twitter, take pictures down because they see people in the pictures, they gonna arrest them. Now how y'all can arrest the black people that fast, but y'all can't arrest the people that was clear as day in the Capitol building in the daytime. Right. And my thing is, they didn't try to hide the fact that they were Trump supporters. They had the flag and like Trump's like little banner, Trump Pence thing, all like out in the open. But my thing is like. How are you gonna bring a fl- American flag to the Capitol, but then break into the Capitol? Like that literally makes no sense to me. <laughs> and hung a noose on. Bro, I, I don't think they hung people... a noose on one of the monuments. You say they did what one? They hung a noose on one of the monuments or something like that. Cause I remember seeing the picture. All right thing. now. No, they did. <laughs> they tweaking at this point, bro. Went way too far. Bro, they said the KKK is um in North Carolina and South Carolina deep this weekend. Yeah, I heard the boys mobilized. Okay, I'm deep too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> definitely deep. <laughs> Bro, they but better slow down. They definitely better slow. They better run up on the right one. That's all I can say. But how do y'all feel? Like you already see, like the effects or like the turmoil, like the upcoming inauguration is gonna cause. Like, how do y'all feel is gonna be for like the next four years? with having like a woman vice president, having Biden as our president. Like you already see what's happened, and Trump's still in office. He got impeached for the second time, but 
he got impeached the week he was like the week before he's supposed to like leave the office. So like what like what kind of tones is set for like the next four years in your opinions? If I had to say, I say the next four months are probably gonna be really intense. I, like it's gonna be interesting to see where loyalty lies. Like with the Republicans in Congress, if they're gonna continue to still put up on the same fronts that they have been, or even just the common folks that you see walking around, the people that you didn't know were diehard Trump supporters, but maybe you grew up with every day. Maybe you even met them at the playground or something like that. Mm-hmm. How are they gonna act and respond to this? Like I just don't see how you can turn a blind eye or an ignorant eye to some of the stuff that's been going on. So um, I think the next four months is going to be pretty... I, I'm expecting two tragedies. And, two um, tragedies? I'm expecting two tragedies, honestly. Like, just with the amount of violence that's been happening on their behalf, Yeah. I'm just not going to be surprised. That's what I mean by that. So. Okay. Bro, honestly, if you... They really have to rewrite the history books at this point, bro. Like, they stormed, they stormed the Capitol. That ain't happened since, like, 1812, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, this this how you know this country was founded on racism. It was built on racism. Like, you, you just you just can tell because they just feel like they have the the right to do this. Like, th- this is our country. Like, they really believe that, John, bro. Like, for real, for real. Like, they really wholeheartedly believe it. And, Sean, I think, I don't know if you remember them saying it or not, but they, I remember them saying, um, we built this building. Like, we deserve to be here. And then they even started say say her name things like similar to uh, Breonna Taylor. They were doing that for the woman exactly. terrorist that ran up in the Capitol. That's, what she, just, is. That's what she is. Hey, I'm not afraid to say it. But uh, <laughs> it's just it's just not the same like at all. Like when we when black people when we are fighting for our rights, we're literally fighting to be equal. You guys are just fighting just because it didn't go your way. Right. Like those are two completely different things. And I don't feel like most people on the other side of the spectrum realize that. Mm-hmm. Bruh. I was gonna say like two. Uh, Juan, wait, Juan, you about to say something? Yeah, I was about to say them trying to compare that little girl that broke into that building to Brown Taylor is just complete foolishness too. Cause how in the world they the same? Right. They killed the police killed her in her sleep. Right. Girl and broke into a the Capitol building. Let's be clear, the Capitol building. <laughs> they broke into it. They act like they went to the library to read a book. Like y'all broke into the Capitol building. <laughs> And my thing is, they warned her they were that they were going to shoot, and she still kept like acting on. Like that's what the, the gun is pointed. Please leave the building. That's basically what they were saying. They asked her to leave. Bro, I'm I'm not trying to make light of the situation, and you know, God forbid, I make fun of the dead. But did I see that Michael Jordan meme where the woman was like, "There's nothing gonna stop me from breaking into that <laughs> building," and they had like the bullet um from the Michael Jordan documentary. He was like, "And I took that personal." <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's wild. <laughs> Who can't lay it down? Bruh, but like you said, um, Eric, earlier, like, how they're just doing this because they didn't get in their way. Like, the reason black people or um, the whole movement behind, like, the African-Americans getting killed or people of color getting killed is because we do that because something happened that wasn't supposed to happen. Like, an innocent black man, woman got killed. Y'all doing this on the basis of democracy, like, nothing nothing was fraudulent about this. Like, right. y'all writing this means y'all don't support our whole democracy party. Or, like, That's our whole... A- I think what really pissed me off, we have countries that are doing less than us, like Middle Eastern countries looking at us and be like, mm, I can't believe what's going on in America. And right. like, that's the stuff that we say. Like, we over here look like a complete fool to the rest of the world. Right. If somebody to be would... honest, bro, I know other countries are looking at us like busters. Like, <laughs> the capital was that easy to break into. Yo, Cap. Like, bro. they're like, yo, is security always like this? We can make a move. Bro. Uh, I... either, either security is either y'all busters or y'all Cap. <laughs> That's the only two options. Either y'all let them in there or y'all bust us. That's it. Bro, the thing about it is, I was about to say, too, like, uh, if we was going to get attacked, this would be the perfect time to do it. We are in flux right now. We, <laughs> we are so vulnerable. Bro, <laughs> we worry about damn China and all that. We need to worry about us. No cow. <laughs> and my problem, too, is the, the coverage after the fact would really be bothering me because the news, the way they be showing it, like, yeah, they broke into Capitol, but they talked about that one target that them people um, bust into for about three weeks straight. They they broke into the target. They broke into the target. They broke into the Capitol building. They talked about it for two days. And the then, Capitol. <laughs> let alone the white man that, the bomber in Nashville, Tennessee, that nobody talking about. I didn't even know about that until I got off. Yeah, I heard about that, too. Yeah. He blew up a whole block, and the only way they knew, the police, he could have killed a bunch of people, but they ended up clearing out the block before it blew up. Yeah. That's a bomber. Why? <laughs> bomber. Block, the whole block black. When stuff like that happens, bro, everybody act like, like they don't know what's going on. Like, oh, I don't know who this was. Like, who would have thought? Like, bro, 
the signs are there. Like, I think they interviewed like his next door neighbor. His next door neighbor, he was like his next door neighbor for like twenty, fifteen, like plus years. And his, next, and his neighbor was like, "Yeah, I had no idea what he was trying to do." I was like, "Bro, Cap. first of all, he had a whole RV, a camper in his backyard that he bought last year. Come on, like you just don't buy a whole camper RV." And I don't think none of his hobbies included camping or hiking. So no. why did you buy that? They said it never moved. Ain't the camper you buy to move it? You gotta go camp. <laughs> you go camp. But he kept it in the house. Like he kept it in the same spot for a year. Bruh. I ain't gonna lie. Like his neighbor, his neighbor's a definition not a snitch. Like he was really on. Like, said, I am not involved, bro. I am not involved. He said, I don't know nothing. I ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> but one of y'all said something about uh, they should rewrite the history books. And I'm just, you know. History hasn't changed. It's just basically going off of whose perspective is being told by. So I'd be very interested to see, like, you know, with everybody trying to diversify. Like, if you look at Joe Biden's cabinet, he's definitely trying to be the, oh, I'm that guy. I love everybody. Like, he's mm-hmm. definitely trying to push that agenda. You know, more power to him. But, you know, what are our grandkids going to say? And they're going to look back and be like, wait, where were you at when they stole the Capitol? I was like, Oregon. <laughs> like, Bruh. it's like we made all these strides so far. And, you know, there's. It looks like in history, there've been some times where there've been some dramatic change, and you know, a long time of peace and dramatic change. Mm-hmm. And this looks like we're in that period of dramatic change. I'm very interested to see how long it lasts and what comes out of it. I feel like the last time, last significant time, might have been really the civil rights, and here we are. There was literally like death after death after death, that wrongful death on top of that. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see like how we grow from this and what we take away if we grow from it. And how far are we into 2021? What is it? Like 17th, 18th, 18 days, 18. Yeah. Hell of a precedent so far. Hell of a precedent. Hey y'all boys, since it's a new year, I know uh, shifting gears a little bit. So it's a new year. Last year was bad, but like Eric said earlier, we got a chance with some. We had some really good music. What was what's some music y'all looking for? Uh, well, looking forward to hearing from this year. Certified Lover Boy. Certified Lover Boy. Got I it. need it. I need it. I'm looking forward to um, Kendrick Lamar and Baby King dropping too. You know they um, you know they uh, cousins by relation. And, um, yeah. They kind of, <laughs> they kind of been uh, quiet, you know, behind the TDE. And I don't even know who Baby King signed to, but um, yeah, I'm I'm anxious to hear from a uh, certified um Drake, Certified Lover Boy, Kendrick Lamar, Baby King, um, J Cole too. I know he's. Uh, been the, the cutoff, the cutoff, the yeah. fallout. Yeah. Need, need, need one. Need it, J Cole. I need it right either, now. Either one. <laughs> Sean, you think he's gonna drop in 2021? Definitely. Mm-hmm. It might, I, I, I hope he do, but I really feel like he. I, I feel like he's gonna drop, bro. I feel like Cole. No, I need an album right now, so he's <laughs> he just gonna go ahead and put that out take, for me. Take care of you. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Well. Uh, I think we um well you know how we've been talking about music like amongst us and um you know you do be top politic and a lot of people think we got to touch with music but just because we want to talk about it all day don't mean we got to touch with it but uh <laughs> what do y'all boys feel like were the best albums out of 2020? Sheesh. Uh, Eric, you want to take it first or you want me to take it? <clears throat> I can just give you like a few and then like you know we can we can springboard but okay, um okay, fuck the world by Brent Fias. That's our early in 2020. Early. I like really forgot. February. 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 Okay. Um, <clears throat> Eternal Take. Uh, My Turn. Shoot for the Stars. Aim for the Moon. Solid. Um, Definitely solid. And I got a, I got a few. Uh, These can flow in or out. It just really depends on what else you want to include on your list. But um, I got Kiss 5. After Hours. Um, Take Time. That I give you on Project. I don't know if we count that or not. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And then a whole lot of red. <laughs> you, you feel like it was. You feel like it was one of the best of the year. I think so, bro. Playboy Cardi's album was one of the best out of the year, bro. It's like I didn't even name ten yet. That was like eight. So like, they're too much. So he's absolutely in your top ten. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like I've reflected on it, and then he's supposed to drop a deluxe too. Who? Uh, Cardi. Sheesh. It's gonna be all. And it's supposed to have all some of the leak tracks on there. Uh huh. You so, know, I'm ready. So, what's your opinion on the Playboy Cardi album? Because you know a lot of people, you know, you know you had a lot of turmoil after you dropped, so. Absolutely, and I can definitely understand why. <laughs> the cover art, number one, I was like, what is this, a magazine? Like, yeah. this album, you know, he don't look album ready. But it looked like the Scarface movie or some shit. It didn't <laughs> look good. That was my first red flag. But, and it, I'm not going to lie, it took me a while to get into the music, but, like, when I actually sat there, and he's not somebody you listen to lyrically. No, like, no. He definitely sets a vibe and a mood. Of course not. So, I went, all right, come on now, keep <laughs> But at least this album is definitely like this was this album made for touring. It's supposed to like Corona's supposed to open up, like not open up, but it's supposed to be done. The world's yeah. opening up. 
I feel like that's that's what this album is for. But I don't know. It uh, it's not. But I don't think it's better than Dialit. Mm-hmm. But it's good nonetheless. Okay. Sean, how do you feel about the Playboy Cardi album? Because you know we had a conversation after it dropped. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. When I first the, the first night I listened to it, I was very confused. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> um, but I took some time. I listened to it more. I listened to it more. There's a few. It's a few good songs on that on that album. Not, not even gonna lie. It's not a it's not a bad album. But I still feel like how I feel before. Like I just feel like this album was just very hyped, very gassed. Yeah. Um. I heard. I saw something crazy. Eric, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it said something like he made this album like 17 times or something like yeah. that. Yeah. He said he was 17 going, different versions. He said he's going for like different. Like it just kept getting more ideas or something. And said I don't know, but I wish he would just stuck with the first version. That way we wouldn't have had a problem. Yeah. Um. I think it was. I think. I think it was okay. It was good. I don't think it was like horrible. But I don't think it was amazing. I don't think it was great. It wasn't what I was expecting from a whole lot of red. Uh, to be honest, but it was definitely good. Like it was, it's not a bad album. You can't listen to that project and just say it's bad. Either like it's good and you don't really vibe with it, or you know what I'm saying. Like that's really what. Well, it is. but like you said on the first initial listen, you thought it was bad. So if someone else would say it's bad on the first initial initial listen. Would like would you agree? with I you? mean, I thought it was. I didn't think it was that great on the first initial listen. Okay. Definitely. But that's I feel like that's okay. a, a lot of music is like that though. So you know what I mean. So. That's why I always take a few times before before I actually give my opinion. You got to actually listen to it more. You know what I'm saying? People just be listening to it one time while they playing the game and think it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> Not really listen to his guys' background background music. Definitely. But um, I'm gonna uh, throw some uh, albums out there. I don't, I'm not gonna really name ten, but some right. I thought that were pretty good. Eric hit a, um he named some great ones, so I'm gonna try to name some other ones. Uh, Polo G's The Goat. I felt like that was a pretty good Sheesh. album. Um. Freddie Gibbs, Alfredo. I don't know Definitely. if y'all boys is on that, but that that was fine. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Savage Mode too. I I kind of gotta give 21. I gotta gotta tip my hat at 21. 21 gets better every single project. Like so. Honestly. I don't. I feel like we don't talk about that enough. A lot of people don't talk about that, but 21 really gets better every single project. Like he was just the shoot 'em up guy in 2015, 2016. Now he actually making the full collaborative like albums, like projects, yeah. like yeah, fully thought out. So. I fought that. Um, I, I gotta show some love to Kalani. It good until it wasn't, but that's just I'm just throwing that out there. It just re-entered um, the top of uh, Billboard too, so that's, bro, that's that album is so good, bro. That album is good. It, it's even <laughs> better now that it's been so much time since it's been out, but it's fine. And last one I'm gonna go with is uh, No Love Lost by Blast. Uh, he from L.A. He five. I don't know if y'all boys, but if you like R&B, um, he five, bro. Y'all can check him out. Yeah, Blast hard. I, I got into his music. I think. I think. I think you put me on Sean to um, definitely. Uh, yeah, Blast. But yeah, he he definitely was solid. That Kalani, I can't get behind Kalani, bro. Like I I try, but I just can't get behind Kalani. You don't like her. <laughs> I I just think what she talks about is very childish. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, but like, I know Bryson Tiller forehead and stuff like that. You know they go way back, and um, that's the only reason you kind of put up with. Yeah, that's what I put up with. And then her, you know, Tori, you know, had a little history, uh, but that's non-existent now. Yeah. People forget yeah, about just, that. <laughs> You said what, Sean? People definitely forget about that. Ah, facts. Um, I say Tori forgot about it. No, Tori mentioned it in the album, but I'm, I'm not gonna get the album. Right, See how you're trying to get me to talk about the album just now? Um, but nah, those are some solid picks. Like, but me and Eric was having a conversation about Twenty One Savage on um, the other day. Like, Twenty One Savage definitely is like one of those like powerhouses in the rap game right now. That I, I don't think people talk about. No, no cap. <laughs> I, I told Q the other day. Like, I think he's on the same level as Travis Scott. Like. I feel like if you look at who's running, like, not running, but who's in control of hip-hop or who's got, like, they're staying in it, 21 Savage definitely is up there, which I think in that same tier with Travis Scott. Yeah. So wherever that tier is, that's where he's at. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. 21 just, I mean, you you really honestly can't hate him, bro. Like, he honestly came up against the odds. Like, when the whole UK junk came out, everybody was thought they found some chink in his armor. But, I mean, 21, 21. Like, he's a, he's an open book, bro. He's not no, no, yeah, he ain't no yeah. cap. Like he gonna really he gonna tell you what it is and what it ain't. So I feel like that's that, um being authentic, I feel like that's what made him be able to stay in the game. And he worked. He worked hard, bro. Definitely. Like, he actually worked at trying to be a rapper, actually trying to make better music. Like and you can see it too, bro. You can see it. Bro, I think that's the best <laughs> word to summarize like twenty one seven with like authentic. Like you can hear in his drive, you can hear by the way he carry himself. Like he's not gonna sugarcoat nothing, no matter who you are. Nah. But um 
I guess I'll go and get into my albums of the year. Y'all pretty much named all my albums of the year. Um, like I said, my turn, shoot for the stars, pop smoke. Um, I guess we're going with the female artist, with well, the women artist that's um that was named. I gotta go with Chalambo, my girl Janae Aiko. She tough. She gave she gave me a good one with a Chalambo right there. Telling you. Um, I gotta go with Jack Harlow too. Um, for a surprise. For his first like official debut album caught me off guard. Yeah, his caught first official guard. debut album because all his other projects I think were just mixtapes or projects, but and that's they, they wasn't also... that good. No, they weren't. Yeah, they weren't that good. He but he made like a whole bunch of party music though. Like I don't think he was really trying to be lyrical until he actually like started blowing up. You know yeah. I mean? Um, that's a, that's a that's a top one for me for 2020. Um, before the storm, uh, the whole collaborative mixtape with um Juice World, Trippy Red, was that Lemonade or Lemonade. Internet Money? Yeah, Internet Internet Money, Internet Money. That's that's the Bye. yeah. Sean, I think we uh, we pretty much dissected it and listened to like that whole um before the storm when it dropped, like No Options by Kevin Gate, um J Lo, uh, Little Tecca, like that song, that album really had some hits on it. Yeah, we definitely did. That was fire, bro. What they doing over there, internet money, bro? Like they really, they really building like something big over there for real, for real. Like them boys really be working. They're fine. Um, I gotta go with a uh, wanna. Um, Gunna. I was waiting for somebody to say that one. Yeah, Gunna. Um, his latest drop, Wanna. I I liked it honestly, but a lot of people don't fuck with it. But I think they're trying to compare it to Drip or John. I think we're just. Reading. I think they're trying to compare it to my turn, to be honest, because yeah. I feel like it was the. the I'm sorry, the debate was, is it Gunna or Lil Baby? Yeah. You know, and the Lil Baby, he just went crazy. That <laughs> yeah. the went even ridiculous. So, But I feel like, I think people try to, like, make, like, artists compete, compete against each other, but artists can coexist and still be great. Nope. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And I got to go with my boy Rod Wade for the last uh, one I'm going to name, Pray for Love. <clears throat> I need that hard time to drop, but that Pray for Love got me through some rough times right there. <laughs> no cap. <laughs> Dang. When he came on that track <laughs> singing through the wire, I was like, "Oh shit!" Uh oh. No, you heard that right? <laughs> yeah, just a little sneak peek of vocals. Juan, um, I know you really don't listen to music like that, but what, what kind of what kind of music? Juan <laughs> literally said he don't be listening to music like as much as we do. That's one of my goals. But I'm trying to listen to more music and find out what I like. But what you said, Wanna, that's what I've been listening to a lot lately. Wanna, Future with um Pluto. And the eternal take, I'll be listening to that because my brother be listening to that all the time. Every time I get in the car, he playing that. Nice. That's how I kind of got on that. <laughs> Solid. So what do y'all feel like, if you had to choose one, um, it can even be one that you named, but what's your sleeper album of 2020? Like, it just was, like, so good, but it was just under the radar. He's Disease by Nas. That's my sleeper album. I feel like a lot of people, because, you know, Nas had that whole thing with, like, you know, being a misogynist and stuff like that. Yeah. But aside from that, the, the album King's Disease was good. Yeah, like, Features on there from Don Tolliver, Big Sean. He had Charlie Wilson on there. Like, when's the last thing you heard Charlie Wilson? Charlie on last thing Wilson? <laughs> oh my god! All right, bro. Nas, he he did his thing with King Disease. That's my sleeper album. Duh. What about you, Sean? Uh, not not the jump back on Blast, but I feel like Blast one was pretty good. I feel like a lot of people weren't really on it. I mean, it was an EP, and then he uh he basically just made a deluxe for the EP. I ain't never really heard about nobody doing that, but I mean he. It was fine though. I really feel like that one uh, went under radar. Um, another one I can try to think about is uh, "Welcome to Old Block" by uh, King Von. Like it yeah, definitely it wasn't. It, it was it was a little more than I was expecting to be honest. I really thought it was just gonna be like on the same like crazy story. Took it to the old vibe, but he really yeah. like he really tapped in. I don't know if y'all listen to "Welcome to Old Block" um, yeah, but he really tapped in. Oh, the Come on, too hard. <laughs> I say my sleeper album uh, for the year would probably be Limbo by Mine. Um, for people that know him, he makes that like just quick party music. You know, you probably see more white people listening to it than black people. You know, he made Caroline and um, stuff like that. But for this album right here, I was just impressed. Um, he came, he, he really came hard lyrically, and that's what really kind of sold me on it because I was like, I already know what you can do. Like, what else can you do? Mm. And he showed me that. Um, it's not perfect, but it's definitely good vibes. He dropped the looks of that one too, didn't he? He did. The looks definitely helped. So. You know, I'm looking forward to see what his next projects are going forward. Well, speaking of, like, I guess, artists that I've been listening to before, y'all both put me on, like, Blast and um, even Amine. Um, Eric really put me on a Frank Ocean this year. Like, I will say, like, that's probably, like, one of the better um, artists that I've gotten into that was always mentioned. But I'm not going to lie, like, the whole the gay rumor thing kind of steered me away from listening to him. I mean, but I was a boy back then. I'm a man now, so I'm able to, like, look at the bigger picture of things. Growth. Yeah, growth. growth. Definitely growth. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> 
Eric, like expand on like Frank Ocean. Like, why do you like Frank Ocean so much? Like, what like what about him attracts you? I just thought Frank Ocean was just like a normal dude like me. Like this, he was just an off future. And the off future was always like a wild kind of radical group, but he was always chilling. And I was like, I kind of saw myself in that. Like, I'm never. I like I'll hang around y'all, but I probably won't do the same shit. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like Frank Ocean kind of distanced himself like that. And lyrically, it was talking about stuff I can more so resonate with. You know, come with somebody like Drake. Drake just sounds good, so you just resonate with it. But Frank Ocean sounded like he was talking about some stuff that I would go through. Yeah. So I feel like it really kind of hit home for me. And um, I would say his music and, you know, even my own growth, like, it kind of just helped develop. It kind of put things into, like, a different perspective. Um, Frank, he tends to look into music, like, from like deep in the corner like something could be happening right in front of you but he's looking at it from deep in the corner so it's like a different perspective and he's watching everybody else's perspective mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm i'm always kind of like cognizant and trying to take into consideration what everybody else is thinking so i feel like frank does a good job of uh encapsulating that in his music so that's why i always fuck with him okay y'all boys listen to frank ocean sean Juan? definitely i love frank ocean nice. he, he need to drop more though that's one thing that i don't really like is he needs to drop more but i appreciate his music so like i understand it yeah, um, I think his last, the last album, Blonde, twenty sixteen, that was the last full project. He definitely he's dropped some uh, songs between there, but um, like you guys aren't like huge Frank Ocean listeners, so I'm pretty sure y'all not seeking him out. Probably like someone you do like Drake or Travis or Travis Scott or somebody like that. Yeah. But um, he's just and he's become one of those artists that kind of you know he put his pen in the game. Like um, he got called upon early by Jay Z and Beyonce. And I'm like he's just kind of on that kind of like cult icon like star level. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of interesting to see um. The crazy part is he dropped that uh, magazine, Boys Don't Cry, yeah. um, 300 page magazine, whatever, and it go and it sold out instantly, and mm-hmm. it goes for like thousands of dollars on the internet, and it's they just were, they were at pop up shops as soon as you dropped the album, didn't they? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so definitely didn't live in those cities, so I missed out. But missed um, out. it's just a very interesting perspective on it. Um, you know, kind of just jump into it. I know one of the initial things he was talking about um, in that magazine was just um. It kind of is a influence for the album and like how he kind of sees the world. Like Frank Ocean is really big into like vintage cars and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And the trope behind cars, like it's just a very masculine thing. But uh-huh. uh, Frank Frank Ocean came out as bisexual, so um, he just kind of the album was really about honing in on honing in on himself and kind of developing that. He was uh, he alluded to something about like you know typically when you drive a fast car, you know you want to go in a straight line that way you can accelerate as much as possible. But he likes to do the same thing, and he said. It's kind of it's kind of weird, but he said he likes to take the roads with the bins in it because he gives them more options. He like is able to explore himself a little bit more. Right. So I just kind of like how he takes the time to actually figure out who he is. It sounds like he's kind of already did, you know, my resolution in a sense, where um enjoying the time that you have within yourself. Uh-huh. So um it's just stuff like that that I kind of relate to, especially with his music and in that magazine as well. Definitely. Wow, we just about to say something about Frank Ocean. How you feel about Frank? No, I was gonna say I ain't never listened to him before, so I guess what Eric's saying right now, I might have to go take a listen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I read that on Boys Don't Cry magazine too, and I feel like it was like really interesting. Like the theme, like you said, like not just following a straight and narrow, like going on your own path. Even if you like, that's what it is. Like you can still make it your own and like kind of enjoy it. Not the same way other people enjoy it, but like still enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it. Yeah. And also another theme that I noticed too within the album was the whole like innocence of childhood and innocence of like being young and like kind of not conforming to like what adulthood is mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Cause I feel like a lot of people kind of look at adulthood as being, like, this transition to, like, a whole other life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people think that you can't do the same things you did as a child, which I can see in some cases, but you should still have that innocence, that um, kind of blind eye to the world. Where, like, cause, you know, as an older adult, like, your opinions on people change. Like, you think everybody's, like, out to get you and stuff like that. But with the mindset that Frank Ocean had, I think he still, like, is an accepting person of everyone. Like, you know, people have to accept him for who he is, so he's kind of, like, in the same boat. And I think the interview he had with um uh Chase B, the not Chase B, but um Base Guy. Base Guy, yeah. The yeah. interview he had with Base Guy we were talking about how he wished he was how he wished he was younger but still had an older state of mind. Yeah. I kinda feel like that went along with the theme that I was trying to say, like, you know, innocence of being young and stuff like that. And even the interview he had um with his friend's <laughs> mother, Rosalind. Rose, Rosie. Yeah. Rosie, yeah. I feel like when she talked about um different things about how social media it can be a good thing and a bad thing, but she thinks it's a bad thing now because you know people just go on there to like the flash like comfort and stuff like that. And she seemed like a very wise woman. So I honestly like the whole magazine. I wish I had a copy of it, but I know I'm not gonna be able to get none because you know they're a thousand dollars. But can't do it. Yeah. Juan, you definitely know some Frank Ocean songs. Like we play them too much. You probably just don't know it's Frank Ocean, but you know Frank Ocean music. My lord. Well, I guess I know. The I guess the common one everybody knows is thinking about you. Um. 
Don't ask me to sing it. Sing a little bit of it right now. Can't do it. <laughs> Go um, ahead, Eric. Can't do it. Won't do it. <laughs> Boy, got scared, ain't it, Sean? <laughs> I thought you was about to go ahead and bust out about Frank so I can know what you're talking about. Nah, right. I just know. But, um, you know, what was the question? Uh, what was the question? You was, we, we weren't a question. We were just talking about Frank Ocean, like how oh. we don't listen to him. Yeah. Um, but another thing, too, that I within, um, bro, what year was the skits, like, like in? Like, what year were the skits that he was, like, the Godspeed skits? Godspeed, okay, yeah. So, um, that's a very smart. So, he didn't give it a time, but he said, set um in our time but in a nearby future like 100 years in advance so right. it's like everything is familiar like you'll still see the same like architecture and stuff like that but there's technological advances mm-hmm. so like niggas are able to pick up the phone using their mind like yeah. using they got holograms and shit teaching classes yeah whatnot. basically oh that's crazy so like another common thing i noticed are the cigarettes <laughs> theme within the uh, I, I, I can't vouch for that part <laughs> i don't know what the cigarettes mean. well yeah. i do but like cigarettes are like that drug that's typically known for like release. Like you get, you take that whenever you're stressed out or whatever. And so like the that's moment, what, that's what you do. No, no, no. That's what the trope is. <laughs> oh, I don't do cigarettes. <laughs> so you don't smoke cigarettes? What you say? No, no, I don't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> okay, okay. I do not smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. I'm but um, ports. <laughs> no cap. The Marlboro Longs. <laughs> But, um, yeah, what's, what's the whole thing about cigarettes? Like, why is everybody in the skit smoking cigarettes? It's supposed to, well, <laughs> cigarettes are typically supposed to be used or seen as a sign of release. Like, this is a moment of introspection. They're like, kind of letting go, like, letting go of, like, the troubles that they're having, the stress and stuff like that. So that would be the only reason that I would associate that they're smoking cigarettes. You know, I don't know what they do in their personal time, but right. that's what the trope behind it is, okay. like, to let go and be in the moment. I know it's, like, um, trying to go back to ELA days, like, a turning point, like, what they say, the climax of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the climax of the story was when um I can't remember the main character's name, but um he looked in the mirror at himself. He got a pack of cigarettes. He was like examining himself and like looking at his teeth or whatnot, looking at the pad, like reading the ingredients or whatnot. Right. So I feel like, and you even touched on it, like looking at yourself in the mirror is like a reflection. Like you actually like you know, um I don't know the right word for, it, but like you're actually like taking in what you're looking at in the mirror. Like it's, you're looking at yourself basically. Yeah. Like you're seeing like all the flaws, all the um, mishaps, even like you know things that you like about you, the features of yourself. So I feel like that was a turning point in the story where like he was so used to smoking cigarettes up until this point, even giving other people cigarettes, mm. and then he t- he finds to that time within this uh, within like the third or fourth skit to actually look at himself and like look at the cigarettes he was like smoking and like, I guess like you know move forward from there. Yeah, I think about it like we do the stuff that we think is cool. So you know, given the scene in that uh, atmosphere within that uh, skit, and um, smoking was cool. Smoking was something that everybody did. A social thing. Yeah, exactly. So when he realized, okay, this isn't cool, what's the effect that's happening on me? Like, that moment he looked in the mirror, had that introspection, that I feel like, like you said, that was a turning point. That's when he realized, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. this isn't something I really want to do. I'm just doing it because everybody else is doing it. Right. So, I feel like that kind of, you can take that as a metaphor to like any aspects of life. If you're doing something because everybody else is doing it, but you know deep down you're not, you don't really like doing it, mm-hmm. then you probably should stop. <laughs> <laughs> But that just goes back into um what Sean was saying earlier about how people just do stuff because other people are doing it. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's a theme that's never going to go away. Like, you're always going to have followers and leaders. And I feel like there's a lot more followers in the world than leaders. I, but you definitely have, like, nobody should be a leader off jump. Like, you definitely need to go through some sort of fire or pressure. And I feel like um it's not, there's not a problem with being that follower. Because you, you got to figure out what's you and what's something that you like. You got to figure out what caters to you. Mm-hmm. And so um if you got to smoke cigarettes, do it. I don't <laughs> encourage it. But... Do what you got. Hell no. Hell no. I don't know about that one. Though. It's the metaphor. It's the metaphor. So Aaron, you're saying you don't <laughs> no, smoke cigarettes. I do not co-sign cigarettes in any form. You're promoting the act of other people smoking cigarettes. I promote you. I'm about to say we've been talking about cigarettes so much. They need to give us a sponsorship or something. <laughs> well, cut Campbell, us. Marlboro, Newport, sign us. Give me one. But um, definitely. I, I guess if we're talking about um, kind of reflections and like how people see or perceive us to be. Um, Q, one of the things you had brought up was, uh, well, you didn't bring it up, but, like, in other conversations, The weekend and his music videos and, like, yeah. what it kind of means visually. Um, I took it as he's kind of running from the starlight that he kind of took that, or that he thought he wanted so bad. You know, every every artist when they come out, they want to be a star so bad. They want to have all the girls, have all the, the chains, all the ice, and all, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But it seems like he's kind of moving in a different direction. What was your perspective on his music videos? Um, I feel like his music videos definitely, first of all, I'm going to say the Grammys hold The weekend like, the weekend literally had like a running plot behind After Hours, the album he just dropped that um, Eric said was in his top 10. And he did not get Grammy nominated at all. And I just think that, you know, if someone puts that much work behind like a work of art, like an album, 
and they put like you know a theme or like a you know a running skit or like even some a plot behind you know the music video he puts out i think that they definitely hold him but what i got from it is kind of like what you said Eric. like he's definitely beyond like the whole stardom or like being famous and stuff like that but you know he has star boy i feel like that was kind of like a peak of what he was going to be talking about in his next album mm-hmm. but um after hours i feel like I feel like even the theme of the album after hours is kind of like the thoughts that you have like when no one's looking, like when everything, like when you clock out to go to work or we clock out from work, it's kind of like those thoughts that you have. It's like the ugly side of it. it ugly. Honestly, like he's all bad and stuff. Like, yeah. like stuff has happened to him and it's just like, okay, I showed y'all the beauty. Now let's show y'all like the beast behind it in the same exactly. room. Um, Escape from L.A., um, Blind and Light, Snow Child. Snow Child. So it's kind of, it's songs like that that kind of make you understand like what he's dealing with when nobody's looking at him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but my thoughts behind like all the music videos, he's definitely, I guess, urging people to understand that it's not all it cracks up to be like, you see me on these magazines, you see me in these music videos, but I'm really trying to like get away from all of this at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like escape to LA. Like, come on. He, he literally telling you, I'm trying to get out of all no, this fame yeah. and stardom. And he wrote a, and he had wrote a song about it on house of balloons, how he was trying to get to LA. I think, uh, genius have sh- uh, like highlighted it at one point. Yeah. And then. Song latest talk, and he I think he references that same song, Escape from LA. I have to go back and listen to it. Yeah. But you know, the weekend he's been through some pretty ups and downs in 2020 with himself. Like I think he got back and forth, or he hooked up and then broke up with Gigi uh, Hadjett like three or four yeah. different times. He's doing with Selena too, Selena Gomez. Yep. And it's just like publicized every single time. That's got to be kind of hard for you. Like imagine everybody knowing your business. Yeah. Like I could be famous. Bro. Feds everywhere. Jeez. Sean, what do you think about the weekend? I, I- Go ahead, bro. I honestly feel like the weekend is just really focused on legacy right now. Like he really only worry about like his musical le- legacy. Cause I really feel like a lot of his other stuff really be in the in the media and stuff. Because if you think about it, the, the weekend is not really like he's not really a public person. Like even though everybody always be trying to see what he got going on, he himself is not like really public. But he right. kind of be to himself a, a lot. But I just feel like he just focused on his music right now. Like he just focused on the legacy, like of his music. Like I feel like all the other stuff is just low key a distraction to him. I really feel like because once we all know, once the weekend actually lock in, lock in, he makes the best music. Like he com- competes with the best of them. So yeah, yeah. I honestly just feel like that's what he just that's what he focuses at. So do you feel like he should have um, got Grammy nominated for his own um, album? Absolutely, definitely. I feel like Love Baby should have been nominated too. I feel like bro, the gr- we can't, we can't hold nothing for the Grammys no more, bro. Like the Grammys <laughs> is just the Grammys, just the Grammys. We gotta start treating like treating it like another award show. Like let's just treat it like the Country Music Awards or something, like because honestly, <laughs> they don't pay attention, bro. Like so, like, why we put so much stock into this? Like these artists put so much stock into this. These fans put so much stock into it. Like we put so much money into this. Like like it's kind of like a slap in the face. Like even when back when Tyler created one, uh, what he won like. Album. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like even Tyler Creator had to call them out on this shit on that one. Like, bro, the Grammys, they blatantly don't pay attention, like, and they don't care. Like, so what you saying, Juan? Oh, I said that. Oh, my oh that was me. My bad. I was just saying, like, I saw somewhere where the Grammys kind of not they slided the weekend because they said that he created a new genre of music, and because it didn't fit in any of their categories, that's why they didn't award him. If somebody created a new genre, you mean to tell me they don't need no no Grammy? <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. I, that's what the Grammy said. You know, can't say somebody need to make a new award if somebody make a new genre. Like, come on bro, now, bro. Bro, Sean, you know they still don't classify um uh Jesus King and um you know uh Kanye West's like Sunday service album. You know they still don't classify that as gospel. They still classify that as hip hop. Yeah, they said like contemporary hip hop or gospel hip hop. We're like, bro, what? Kanye not even cursing on them albums. Bro, no, he's not even really on the album. It's literally a whole choir singing yeah, the album. The choir, the Sunday service. That's really what's been going on in the music world. Um, I know, uh, Sean, you've been kind of following up behind the pop. Um, what's his name? Pop Hunter. Like what he been got going on. And I really don't know the situation so much. I'm not even gonna try to dive into it. But like, what's been going on behind the whole theme of snitching with Pop Hunter? Okay, okay. So, Pop Hunter. If, if y'all don't know who that is, Corvette, Corvette, that person. Apparently, he got uh. So he did a song with Lil Uzi. Lil Uzi hopped on the uh, on that song, and he did like so. He was on the remix, and apparently some somebody said some paperwork came out. Oh shit! I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know how people just be like paperwork just be popping up out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know how this be happening, but they said that he uh, he witnessed his best friend get killed. I could be wrong, but something he he witnessed his best friend get got killed, and he talked to the police. 
Now, when I read this paperwork that they had on uh online, I didn't see nothing about him physically snitching. Now, paperwork. If the, if the question is, was he talking to the police? Absolutely. <laughs> but we gotta, we gotta, we really gotta sit here and, and really like think about this, bro. This man saw his best friend get got he got he saw his best friend get shot in front of him, and he was with his mama. Right. At 13 years old. If you see somebody get killed in front of you, in front of, with your mama, and your mama be like, we got to go to the police station, you just going to tell your mama no? <laughs> Facts. Facts. Like, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know the whole situation. I really don't know the the story that much. But I'm right. just saying, like, we really got to sit here and, like, really look at the whole situation, bro. Like, come on, bro. It'd be so many people talking about be calling him a snitch, or so many people calling people snitches and doing this stuff. When they had never seen nobody get killed, they never seen nobody get shot. They don't right. know how they're gonna react to certain situations. They, people not even from this lifestyle talking about people getting shot and people snitching. Like what? So you basically, talking about something you don't know of. Yeah, you talking about like, bro, you from the suburbs, bro? And you talking about somebody <laughs> snitching, bro? Shut up, bro, shut up, bro. Like, it's gonna be cap. I mean, honestly, that's what it is. So you don't think that what Pop Hunter did was was considered snitching? Look, at the end of the day. People have to realize if you in the streets, if you in the streets, people got to understand what actually snitching is. If you in the streets, then you play by a certain, like you play by a certain set of codes. Yeah, yeah. Streets like that, you play by a certain set of codes. One of those codes is not talking to police. Now, pop hunter in the streets at thirteen, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's. Do he know? Do he know who the person was that killed his best friend? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even finish reading the the paperwork they had. You know what I'm saying? Only thing I'm saying is, is that. We just got to start calling it what it is, and, and you know what I'm saying. Like, if if that's what it is, if he was talking to the police at 13, then he was talking to the police. That's what that is. If he was in the streets, if he claimed he was like that, if he was, you know what I'm saying. Right. But it'd be the people why the, the reason why people get in so much trouble is because they're not like that, and then they try to act like they like that, and then they they just be you know what's going on. That's really what it is. That's really the best way to break it down, honestly. Honestly, so it's not really no cut like set of guidelines, like, really, like, situation, like, if he was in the streets at 13 and you, like, talk to police, then that part, you part was snitching. Yeah. But at 13 that, years yeah, old... Yeah, that's just you, yeah. Yeah. But if you were you 13 years old, witnessed a murder of your best friend in front of, you know, you and your mama... And you wasn't in the streets. And you wasn't in the streets, but you still saw the police. I'm pretty sure the police had questions for you at the end of the day, so... Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, like you said, we just gotta call it for what it is, and, like, look at the whole bigger picture. Yeah, we gotta look at everything. Honestly, everybody that's calling him a snitch, and calling and saying that he was talking to the police. None of us was there. Like, right. nobody was there. And everybody everybody always got something to say that ain't there. Or everybody always got something to say that ain't never lived through nothing like that. Ain't even from the trenches. And talking about, he a snitch, he a snitch. Shut up. But, bro, I think a lot of that goes back to people like DJ Academics. Like, he always got an opinion on something, but we know DJ Academics is not like that. <laughs> bro. Who gave DJ Academics, is, if anybody's not like that, it's him. <laughs> No cap, bro. That's a sucker. Bro, I think Polo G was talking to him with, like, bro, like, when he was talking about, I guess, like, the whole beefing thing, like, when p- people like King Vaughn and Pop Smoke were, like, you know, dying behind, like, senseless, like, murders, he was like, bro, like, a lot of y'all people that's out there that don't know the whole situation, y'all create the beefs that happen between rappers, like, y'all going out, speaking on something that y'all don't know about, yeah. trying to be, like, experts, y'all actually, like, creating more drama and more turmoil than what it already is. Bro, people be talking about stuff, and they don't even—they not even connected to it. They not—they not outside. They not in the hood. They somewhere fifty miles away in the three-story house on their laptop. Like they don't, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, yeah, bro. definitely. Got to be realistic. I mean, that's honestly real. It's honestly real. So, I guess just to wrap up this episode, we already, you know, kind of reached our hour mark. Um, I really don't know how to wrap this one up. I mean, it's the first podcast of the new year. Um, we really was just on this. We really just on here just talking, bro. Honestly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Brought me back to um, March 2020, Chronication. Tell you. Stamp for No time, just vibes. Just vibes. Super casual vibes. That's what everybody's saying. Super casual. But uh, if I was to close it out, I guess what the last um, little bit of saying, what I would have to say, um, make sure to stay in tune for, you know, many things coming from the way to eight. Uh, appreciate all the support y'all been giving us in 2020. Hope y'all still continue to support in 2021. And, um, you know, tell your friends about it. Um, tell your mama, tell your aunts, tell everybody that you know about the podcast. We're really trying to do some things, not just internally, but for the community as well. 
Um, make sure y'all stay in tune with what's going on in the nation. Um, don't believe everything you see and hear from the news. Make sure you do your own research. Um, make sure you're, you know you're not picking a side, but like make sure you know both sides of the story before you form an opinion. Um, and that's really all I got to say. I mean, y'all boys, um, you know, y'all boys stay, staying solid this far. So I mean, I hope y'all boys continue to stay solid. So uh, you know, just do your thing. You know, um, be safe, stay dangerous, stay, stay Please. dangerous, and don't stop. <laughs> um, but it's your boy Marquise Q signing out. Y'all be easy. All right, man. Like you said, y'all boys really tap in. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got Please. Some, we got some things coming, and it's only gonna be on the YouTube channel. So we got some <laughs> footage. Like I'm just letting y'all know. Like, come on, man. Like, if y'all rock with us, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, bro. Like, that'll be that'll be big. We got some big things coming. But other than that, y'all boys stay dangerous, man. Hold it in the road. Hold it. Hold it in the road. It's your boy Juan. Like we said, look for that happiness and look for that peace. And don't give up on the um, goals y'all set. That's it. What a word. And, um, yeah, just take the time to find your best self, honestly. That's what we're going to have to do this year in order to get by. So I encourage you to do it. And uh, it's your boy EZ. And those sorrow may come um, in the night. Joy does come in the morning. I lost it, but I got it back. Y'all be easy. It came back that fast. <laughs> but, um, all right, y'all be easy. Stay safe. Be safe, Angels. It's the last song, so I'm finna wipe that off. Tolerance is so low. Still smoking whole car. Menage on my birthday. Tap out on the first row. This ain't no work day. She don't give head anyway. Cause what niggas say, that's what she tell a man. What a difference this is making. Niggas won't fight in the streets. Now shit's starting to make my answer. Jay hit me on the email. Should I all to act my network? Dog, this is chess now. Now fetch, I ain't running for a nigga. Ain't ran since track meets. That's the only time I ran from a nigga. You can change this track now. Could've changed this bitch a long time ago. You know.